0: Welcome to Dealmaker Diaries, where you hear directly from the dealmakers who you invest with, M&A, real estate syndication, and more. Strap in for unparalleled advice, wisdom, and insight from some of the world's best business minds with Don Thomas and G1C Group. Welcome everyone to another episode of Dealmaker Diaries. Today we have with us Harold McGee. Harold's passion in business are helping individuals and families start and build their businesses, plan, protect business succession, and retirement planning. He has over 20 years plus in the real estate brokerage and financial services industry, including sales, investing, and lending. His specialties include analyzing business profit and loss statements, balance sheets, credit reporting, and asset management, along with asset divesting. Additionally, he works with small business owners on employee benefit selection and implementation. He's also a licensed Texas real estate broker and licensed Texas health life insurance agent. So let's give Harold a warm welcome to the show. Let's go. So, Harold, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well.
1: Thank you very much for inviting
0: me. Uh, great to have you on. Great to have you on. So, yeah, I mean, um, we've had several um, guests, like, mention Infinite Banking in passing. So I thought it'd be great to have you on the show as you're one of the um, go-to experts on this subject in our network. So, yeah, it's great yeah. to have you on and share some of your um wisdom and expertise on this subject. So before we dive in, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and um, what you're up to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so uh, from Austin, Texas, born and raised, um, uh, went to college down around here, uh, just about uh, 30 miles south of Austin in San Marcos. And uh, out of college, I, uh, and I was also uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps, got activated for uh, Desert Storm Desert Shield. And then after college, I got on with Fidelity Investments, and I got my Series 7 in 63 and learned a lot about the stock market and financial systems and just had a, a great time learning and absorbing all that, especially as a young 20-something-year-old out in the world. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as we got through the uh, dot-com days and the, and the Y2K bust and, and, and all of that, and, and uh, in the mid-2000s, I got my real estate license, and then also my life insurance license. And, uh, and that was right before the 08, 09 downturn, the uh, Great Recession, as we called it. But uh, started doing um, some property management from some investors that I was working with and went on to, to grow and build a very nice property management business and sales brokerage business coming out of the 08, 09 crash. And, uh, and, and just through 09 and 10, 11, and all the way through 2015, really grew a nice business. And uh, so and so much that I, uh, I, I sold that book of business to another agent that was working with me the entire time, sold that book of business to him and uh, wanted to start working in business broker drug because I really am am passionate by working with entrepreneurs. And at the same time, I had always had my insurance license and had never really used it. I just kept renewing it. Mm -hmm. And through a system, an insurance company that I was involved with, I was just looking around at at a back office system that they had. And uh, I I went into kind of their um, uh, special markets tab that I found. And in there, I found something called infinite banking. And there were several um, videos that was in there and and recorded. And I started watching those and, and I just became so enamored with the information that I was learning about it and just like had an epiphany that like, oh my goodness, my real estate investors would love something like this with the leverage of one asset and still being able to get other assets around utilizing infinite banking and more specifically life insurance, whole life insurance. Uh, So you have two assets utilizing and leveraging the same dollar. And I just jumped in, (laughs) both feet in, just just jumped right in there and, and got going and I went to the uh, nelson nash institute and registered to become an authorized practitioner uh interviewed by the council got approved and then i started taking uh the classes online and then had to take a a proctored uh, test so we actually get a full certification from this and um and then uh just started meeting with the local real estate investors and investors that i knew and and uh and, and here we are today and it's just, it's going great.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think the first time I ever heard about um, something other than term life, I, I heard when I was reading rich dad, poor dad, and he, he mentioned how a lot of the wealthy people use life insurance. And I had no idea. So like, what is it? How, do, how does that work? I had no idea how that worked. And as I learned throughout the years, I mean, I heard more and more about it. And then finally when we met um, late last year and I'm in a position Or I can do something like this. Okay, let me let me get this started and let me get into this. But I think there are a lot of people out there who aren't familiar with it and exactly how it works. So if 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 you're somebody who is just learning about that is interested in setting it up for themselves, how how would they go about it? What are the first steps they would need to take?
1: Well, so I mean, obviously, with YouTube and and online social media, there's a ton of information that that just goes around Uh, the best source to to do uh, when it comes to you want to get really educated uh, in this is to go to the nelson nash institute which is the infinitebanking.org website and on there you can find a a list by state of all of their uh, authorized practitioners i am i am one of those And, and 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 connect with you can connect with somebody that's in your region in your area to sit down and discuss, you know, everything about uh, infinite banking and, and how it's structured, why, how, and, and, and going from there, you can reach out to us. Uh, and, you know, I, I met you here locally in Austin uh, through our networking group, real estate networking group. And, and you told me that you're in the business and, and, and I'm always looking to uh, bring in other licensed professionals as well to be able to market and share uh, all the values of of doing this uh, with with their clients as well.
0: Okay, and what what do you like um, most about Infinite Banking, or what do you think some of the biggest biggest advantages are with it?
1: Well, yeah, you know, obviously um, the liquidity aspect for what it is, um, and being able to access to eventually all dollars that you put into the system. So. You don't lose the opportunity cost um, of other um, higher risk investments, or just for um, you know big big events in life uh, like you know automobile purchases, uh, big vacations, weddings, um, you know all, all kinds of, of anytime that require usually one time big large uh, purchases. And you're able to leverage um, this system. Uh, but the one thing a, a, about it, that every dollar that you put into it creates a compound, and it's an everlasting, consistent compound over time until you pass away and the death benefit is paid out to your heirs. So you always have a constant growth, a constant compound and growth, but you're still able to access those dollars via loans to then be able to either do like your real estate, your syndication investing, uh, buy and hold, lending. I, I have a couple of clients that borrow against their policy at at five and a half percent and lend out at 11, 12%, right? So that's a hundred percent return on the insurance company's money, not your money. That's the whole key. This is when you're borrowing, you're not borrowing from your account, you're borrowing against your account. There's a big difference, right? Your money's in there, in a compounding state, and always will be. When you need to access it, you borrow uh, with the death benefit as the lien on it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and that's and that's another point. It's just very flexible financing. Um, there, if you borrow capital against your account, you're not going to get a call from the insurance company. Saying in, in 30 days, where's our payment? Mm-hmm. Right. I've done several transactions over the years where I went into a partnership on a six unit uh very small apartment in San Antonio, Texas. And I, I borrowed against my policy for my part of the uh partnership. And it took us nine months, but we we finally were able to resell it, and make a little bit of money, and then then I paid back the my policy loan with interest plus the profit that I made went back into my uh, account as a paid up additions. So it just keeps growing my account, right? I I didn't, Mm -hmm. the small bit of profit that we made, I didn't need it to live off of. So I just put it into my system. And again, that profit then starts a compounding process. So the whole key is to not just pay back the interest, but to be what we call an honest banker and pay back your system with what you would have been paying like at at a regular bank. Right. So mm. if you had a credit card that you were paying six, seven, eight, eight nine or, or double digit return on, we say, hey, pay your system back that amount. Right? So there's and no
0: structured payments or late fees or anything like that. With
1: no. it. You can pay it back as you as you feel. Right. Feel, I, feel I, one time. It. Yeah, I, I had a, a two year uh, an investment that dragged out two years, unfortunately, and I didn't pay it back for that two years. All but I what I did do is pay back the interest service on it for that annual, every, every time the annual came up on it. So I, I did have to pay the interest that the insurance company is charging, right? Because in this, we get policies that are issued by mutually owned insurance companies. Well, mutually owned is owned by the policyholders, not outside investors, mm-hmm. right? So if, and you are now an owner, right, of, of, of these policies and, I, as another owner, expect to make a dividend off my capital in my system. So the insurance company does need to charge interest on the money that they have lending out because you've got to pay back the policy holders that, that are expecting a dividend, right? So, so that, you know, that's part of the, part of the system.
0: Okay, and, and speaking to that point, so, um, so do you recommend mutual companies instead of stock
1: companies? Yeah, absolutely absolutely for for what we do in in the infinite banking, yes, now mm-hmm. can you get an a uh, a whole life policy or even a universal uh policy at a stock absolutely absolutely, but that's really going to be more for the death benefit uh cases where you know we sell for on on cash value and and achieving higher cash value now. It's still insurance, so there is a death benefit to it, and we do have to make that into consideration. Um, but it's the way we structure it. We're usually trying to achieve higher cash value now uh, versus a higher death benefit.
0: Okay, and Harold, so for anybody who's, who might be confused, what, are the difference, what is the difference between this type of policy and a term life policy?
1: Yeah. So you can think of and this is, you, you'll see this all over the place. You can think of term as renting life insurance, right? So mm-hmm. it's a set, it's a set death benefit for a set period of time for a set premium. And then after that, if you want to renew it, you can, but it's more than likely just going to become an annual renewal. Well, as we know, insurance is based upon your age. So if you got an annual renewal policy at age 60 and then 61 to 62, that same death benefit is going to become increasingly expensive every single year because mm-hmm. you're out of your term part of it. Well, it's, it's still term, but you're out of that fixed uh, time and premium. And so permanent insurance, and this goes for both uh, whole life and for universal is set for the entire time of your life or endowment, which could be at, you know, uh, an age, much much later out um so but it, it it's all based upon its structure it, it, it's cost of insurance and the age at which you have to pay it up and it could be a paid up and there's there's 10 years there's 20 years there is age 100 or I'm sorry, 95 99 age 100 age 121 right and so they all have they all have different kind of um, the payment structures, but you know, it's basically for your entire life. Okay. And with the, um... and, and I'm sorry. One thing you did ask me about, um, and I don't know if I clarified the statement. You asked me about um, stock insurance company and mutual. Uh, a stock company obviously is owned by stockholders, outside investors. So there are returns that are expected to go to them, right? In a mutually owned. Company, all of the policyholders are the owners, right? So there's no outside investors to pay from an insurance company. So everything goes back into the operations, uh, death, you know, death benefit payments, reserves, and then usually, that you know, what's left from their activities is usually paid into their dividends, right? So it's all a, a contained system with no outside influence or disturbances okay got it got
0: it and um so with the cash value what 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 usually happens with the cash value when someone passes away does that does that usually go to the uh, beneficiaries as well along with the death benefit
1: no that's a great that's actually a great question most of them most people even a lot of professionals think that they are they're two separate things. The cash value represents the future death benefit today. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's what you're able to access, right? It's really your equity in the policy, kind of like equity in your home. It's the equity in your policy. Okay. And that's today's death benefit dollars. Now, if you, if you uh, but of the future, right? But if you died that day, you'd get the, your, your beneficiaries would get the entire face value minus, or death, benefit, I'm sorry, the, the entire death benefit minus any loans that you have outstanding on the policy. So for instance, if you had a $500,000 death benefit and you had hundred thousand dollars of cash value and you, and you die, your beneficiaries would get the $500,000. They wouldn't get 500 plus hundred. And okay. they would just get the 500. Um if in the same same instance, if you had uh, let's say you had put in um 120 to get that hundred thousand dollars, right, and you actually had a hundred thousand dollar loan outstanding because you could, right? Mm-hmm. So you've actually only put in a net of twenty thousand dollars because you've accessed back out a hundred thousand dollars of, of the one twenty you put in, right? they would take that hundred thousand dollars and subtract it from the $500,000 death benefit in case you passed away. Okay. Right. So you, so the beneficiary would get $400,000, but the thing is you've accessed a hundred thousand of your $120,000. You've got to, you know, hopefully in another investment sitting out there, maybe hmm. some hard money lending, maybe a syndication, right. And that's all going to be something for your state to go through, whether if you had a trust and will, or if it just goes through regular probate, whatever. I mean, these are all things that that someone has to account for in their investing. And if they pass away, so, but at least, you know, you do have that capital there to help the beneficiaries to deal with that. And so, so for, you know, essentially a net $20,000 in investment, or installment to get the four hundred thousand dollars net death benefit. That's that's not too bad. That's a that's a really great return on your capital. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Plus, the assets that you you've used, and and it could be maybe you didn't, you know, get any investments. Maybe you just had a, you know, just some really troubling debt you had to you had to consolidate and take care of. That's a good way to do that too. I know I personally have done that. Like I've come into some commissions before. And I like I have some debt sitting out there that I could just easily transfer and pay it off. No, what I do first is go and put it into my system. Mm-hmm. Wait for that to clear through the system and then to go back out and borrow against the policy and then pay off the debt. Because what I did with my deposit, I started an everlasting compound until I pass away. If I had just gone straight and paid off the debt, I would have never, I would never have created that future compound. Okay. Right? So I just, I recycled it through my system because I will get a compound on the dollars I put into it. Let's say you, ha- you have a 401k and you're able to, you know, you have over $100,000 in your 401k and you're able legally to withdraw $50,000, right? And then you have a five-year payback that you have to adhere to. Well, if that $50,000 was in some kind of, you know, decent investment, lower risk, but you know, better returns than a savings account. You take that $50,000 out and you have to start your compound all over again. All over, right? And in my presentation, I show a very extreme, a short, extreme example of compounding. And it's nothing that we'll ever see this kind of return on. But if you, and there's charts out there all over that you can find on the internet of a penny doubling every single day from day one to day 30, the value is $5.3 million in 30 days, if a penny compounded every single day. Then I was able to take that spreadsheet and create a chart, a bar chart, right? And it's only in thirty three day intervals, so it's 10, 10, 10 bars, right? And those first three bars are basically nine days, you can see barely any kind of movement. And then it's in these last two bars will just go straight up vertical like that. I think in day 20, if I'm not mistaken, the value is about $50,000, I'm I'm not looking at it, or 40 something thousand dollars in day 20, right? So 10 more days, it's at $5 million, right? So that's crazy. We won't see stuff like that, but I'm just trying to show the power of compounding and not disturbing a compound and seeing what you can get if you can put off, right? Disturbing it, at what point does it make it worth it? Because if you needed that 50,000, 48,000, whatever it is in day 20 for an investment that you have that you really wanna fund as a syndicator and they wanna invest with you, right? If they took that money out of that compounding system in 10 more days, they will have whatever day 10 is of the penny compound. It's, what is that, like 30 cents or something that the 40, I mean, it's less than a dollar, mm-hmm. right? So they have disturbed the future by withdrawing the money, taking it out. They just have put a stop on the growth. And this is what infinite banking is all about and overcoming this and not being able to um, stop from withdrawing against a compound, mm-hmm. the time is on your side. The more time you have, the better a compound is. Okay, and you you mentioned earlier about um,
0: putting money towards your system. So, can you talk a little bit about how you contribute additional money towards your policy value? So, say you have an investment come in, and you have you have fifteen or twenty or thirty thousand dollars that you want to. When you put money into your policy, does it go towards your premiums, or does it go somewhere else, or can you designate where you put in those funds?
1: Yeah, there's so there's a there's a there's a couple things and, and you know some technical details that obviously we would review in in one-on-one sessions and and uh, and things like that. But when you put money into your system, there's a there's a cost for the, your base policy. Whatever that base amount is for your age, your health condition, and for the amount of time, uh, that we pay this permanent policy, right? Again, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, uh, age 95, 99, 100, whatever that is, right. That, that mm-hmm. that's what the premium will be set, but it that premium is fixed and will never, ever change for as, as long as, for as long as that policy, uh, is in, in, in your life. Um, so whatever that is, that's, that's the base cost. And at that base cost, it takes several years for the policy to accrue any kind of cash value or equity. right? Mm-hmm. But a second part of this is that most companies, most insurance companies, especially the, the whole life costs allow what's called paid up additions. And, and it's a, a rider that you can get. And what that allow is for you to buy additional insurance one time. So not on any kind of Scheduled payment, right? You buy it all lump sum one time, right? And then, so there's a charge for that. So let's say that uh, you wanted to you want to input, say ten thousand dollars into your system, right? Well, the charge on that is going to be about ten percent. So a thousand dollars will go to purchase additional life insurance, and that's again that's going to be based upon your age uh, at that time, how much you're buying. And then you know what your policy was uh, originally rated for, and so and the rest of that the nine thousand dollars will drop down into your cash value. So then, along in your annual in your annual renewal will come and it'll look at your account to include your cash value to then uh, assess for your uh, dividend, uh, you know whatever the the insurance company uh, declares for that year, and so. And then that dividend will then, then also buy additional paid up insurance. So your, your, your capital, consider your capital like a stream, right? A, a little stream coming off of a, a river or running into, a, you know, the main river. That, that cash flow, that's your cash flow, your monthly cash flow. You have to have cash flow in order to run a system like that. It does require consistent cash flow. And so, and then, uh, and then that runs into like a water wheel. The water wheel scoops it up and then can then use that for power and put the water down into a, a field of, of which you're you know planting and harvest, right? Mm-hmm. And that harvest is a growth of cash value and, and additional life insurance. So all of this is just growing your death benefit and your cash value along the same, in, in the same direction up. Now, eventually when the policy endows, your death benefit and your cash value are going to become one and the same. Okay. Right. So it could be at, you know, at $2 million, million dollars, you know, whatever it is, however it's designed and and uh, and delivered. Um but you always have the growth in the cash value. And so that will eventually catch up to your death benefit. And so that's why we say that the cash value is the, the current value of the future death benefit. And so um, so all of those, those paid up additions plus dividends paid up additions are buying additional insurance and more cash value. So the more cash value, the more you can then borrow against for your bigger purchases or investing. So right. it's, it's, it's one big system that's just yours. You own and control it. Nobody else does. The government doesn't control it. Nobody controls it. Just you.
0: Okay. And Harold, how important is it to start on this in your younger years as opposed to your older years?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it is extremely important. One thing is, is time. Time is, is probably your, your, your uh, biggest advocate. Um, on, on on this, the younger you are, the more time you have, the better this will be. The downside about you know uh, youth policies um, is that uh, you're not you can't get very large death benefits. Or you can't buy a very large policies for youth and kids, and then you have to explain why do they need this in the first place. Hmm. And so, you know, there's things that that you have to deal with, uh, but whatever you can get in there, you know, is is still going to be good, especially for your uh, legacy planning. And so my very first client ever was my then uh, 18 year old son. He's now 24. Right. So I got a policy on him. Then I got a policy on me. And I and uh, I've also converted some of my terms, so I have two policies on myself, one of on my son, and so yeah. So time, time is your is your is the biggest asset.
0: Okay. Yeah, and usually in your younger years, you're a lot more healthier, right? So I know there's yeah, a... yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. Awesome. So before we jump into the lightning round, um, what would be your main takeaway from? To the listeners here about infinite banking,
1: so and, and
0: integrating that into their into their wealth organization system.
1: Right, absolutely, and it should be integrated, regardless if you're investing. And that's it's a great great tool to have uh, if you're investing, but you don't need to be an investor to utilize. I I would suggest everybody. Uh, to utilize it, right? We have, a, we have a greater need for access to capital and finance and then, then we have a need for death benefit. Mm-hmm. And so, but you get the death benefit along with it, which is a great, a great asset to have in case something does happen to you, right? And so it acts in that, in that dual function as a death benefit and an accessible financing source for you. And a, a great growth for, for just your capital, right? It's just- Absolutely. It's, Right. It's, it's so much better than just sitting in the bank. I mean, it's not a credit. It's not a debit card swipe. But I mean, we're only talking about a few days to access your capital. Yeah. And now technology is most insurance companies have the technology to where you request a loan and all you're doing is requesting. You're not applying. Hmm. Right. If you have if you have enough um, cash value, you just say how much you how much you want. And then uh, they'll send over an ACH. You'll have it within 24 to 48 hours normally, normally. Yeah. And so, and, and that's it. So they're super easy to access and use. It goes go you know, right into your, your regular, you know, banking account that you need to use on day to day. But very easy to access, and the even the return on it just sitting there is much better. You know, mm-hmm. you're definitely looking at gross dividends in the five and a half, five to six range. You know when you include the cost of the insurance and stuff like that, you're probably looking at true net uh, you know four and a half to five percent, but that's still much better than than just sitting yeah. in a in a money market yeah right yeah, or, or, it there yeah you know laddering CDs, um, you know and and things like that so and and it and it looks great on your personal financial statement or a business balance sheet mm. yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's jump into the lightning round, Harold, and see um, what makes that great mind tick. <laughs> OK. All right. So what book or books have greatly influenced your life?
1: Well, first and foremost, Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. Right. Got it. Got to get that. Start with that. He's written a few others. Um, uh, his second one is Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. And then he co-authored a case for IBC, which is really based upon um, infinite banking for businesses. Right. This is a great tool for small businesses. You can do it for group, uh, a group employee type deal. You can use it for um, you know integration. And it's it, it's a great source of capital for a business to use without to worry about banks. It's all about getting out of the, the bank system and, and their and jumping through their
0: hoops yeah and their web right that's right and um and you said his last name is nash, the nash. okay r
1: nelson nash right,
0: right you can actually
1: you can down actually download uh becoming your own banker um on audible now i, I will say it's super dry so you might want to have a, a, a copy of the book uh-huh. to listen along read along while, while listening um but it's an easy read really easy read it's not it, it, it's, it, it's just really, it's really about concept and knowledge. That's really what it's, I mean, it, very little is, is, is spoken about insurance. Okay. So, I mean, right. so much, the infinite banking is, is not, it, yeah, it is, it, the product is insurance, but the, the system is, is how you manage it. Right, yeah.
0: I think it's so much more. Right. Definitely. Okay. And Harold, if you could have
1: a billboard
0: anywhere with anything on it, what would it say?
1: Um, Driving up to the billboard, probably, uh, don't take your eyes off the road and and keep looking ahead. And then once you pass it, in case somebody looks back, it says, don't look back. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, excellent.
0: All right, so how, how has a failure or perceived failure actually allowed you a greater success later?
1: You know, it's so funny. I think I have failed so many times that I don't even really recognize it as a failure anymore than, than just a a bump, a bruise, a scrape on the knees or a scrape on the elbows. And uh, man, I have just some some doozies. I, you know, I learned a lot of this, especially about why if a bank can hit me so hard is that I, I've made just some horrible financial decisions before. And mostly it's because of my just kind of go for it uh, attitude. I probably should have done more due diligence on stuff or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you just get into that financial desperation where, you know, you are probably making a bad mistake, but you just, you felt like you have to, you have to do it just in case it it, it can work. Right. Mm -hmm. And those are just horrible things to, to get into. So what they have done is, is, you know, make me a really much smarter, wiser financial 50 plus year old.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Those um, mistakes definitely make you think harder when you're going through those the next time you right. give you that wisdom, but, right? But the big thing is is not to not to just lose all hope and quit. Mm-hmm. Right. You you get up, you keep going, saying, I'm, I'm going to do this someday. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Those are all lessons for you. So absolutely. Right. All
0: right. And what's a habit or routine that you love?
1: I have a routine that I love. Well, I I love doing my, I found a lot of my thinking time is in my walks, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in the, especially in the evenings, it's getting a little hotter now, but I I do them in the morning too. It's just, you know, it's, I listen to, I listen to your podcast. I have other podcasts. A lot of them is economic and real estate and, and, uh, and, you know, financial base. but it's just, it's my head clearing time to kind of think about, um, what I'm doing and, and, and walking is moving forward. Right. So yeah. keep that constant state of moving forward. Okay. Excellent.
0: And, um, do you have a favorite place to think big?
1: So that, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I've always been a dreamer and that's a part of, about my, my personalities is, is dreaming big and, And uh, can, but you know, the downside is that a lot of times you kind of lose uh, uh, lose sight of of details that are very important to get to that big, you know, place. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I will say that my wife and I were fortunate enough to 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 buy a house uh, a little over a year ago, and uh, one thing that we did upgrade on, pay an upgrade on, was to uh, extend a covered. Uh, patio, and I just really love my early morning coffees sitting out there and letting the sun come up and and, uh, and just oh, nice. really kind of go over those 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 thoughts and and to can continue, continue to do that
0: okay excellent and and I mean you and I attend a lot of the same networking groups and I'm sure you get a lot of pitches and requests and so
1: oh yeah what are you what have you become better at saying no to? And just those saying no to everybody who wants to be my social media guru or my lead generation uh, guru <laughs> or, or my health insurance consultant. <laughs> As a licensed uh, real estate agent, man, we just get hounded all the time for you know life insurance quotes. Um yeah. But
0: yeah, you're right. And I think I think the social media lead generation is the biggest one, especially as great as LinkedIn is. I get so many DMs about social media lead generation. I
1: know, I know. And you you look at it like you don't get upset. I mean everybody's just everybody's trying to make a living, right? We are, you and I both do. So we, you know, have our different different ways of going about. And like like you, I I'm uh just a big time networker. I Mm -hmm. I am I'm still all about that, not a big social media. Uh, guru and, uh, and but I, I love lunches. I love the networking lunches and, and try to do one every day of the week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, same same for me.
0: All right, and last one: what important truth do very few people agree with you on?
1: Um, why? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say a, a lot of people just don't recognize. You know, and history is such a great lesson. I'm not sure why a lot of people are not recognizing, you know, some in our do because we all kind of get up there and we're all in the same choir. Right. But a lot of people out there in the world just do not recognize, you know, like how, how bad our financial and, and, and fractional reserve banking system is. Um uh and, and just, just unlimited check writing and and just you know so many so many people think they're just you know that our government's going to just come and save them and just start writing unlimited checks and you know eventually this this bill is going to come due and it's it's not going to be pretty and i'm I'm just so afraid that a a lot of people are unprepared or just don't have the resources or just really gonna be in for a doozy and I, i don't you know, I think a lot of people just would not agree with me on that. I, I, you know, in, in our circle, maybe so, because we all can see that. But there's just a lot out there that don't.
0: Yeah. Or just choose to choose to put their head in the sand. and.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or say, it. no, no, no. The, the government's going to come and, and start writing checks again. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. All
0: right. Awesome. Awesome. So this was great, Harold. Great having you on sharing the wisdom about this. I'm sure a lot of people find some great value in this so if anybody wanted to reach out to you and um learn more about this what's what is the best way to get in contact with you
1: well my my email is harold at okay. hmcgee.com h m c g e e.com and then of course they can go through you as well
0: all right awesome awesome all right harold so yeah this has been great um great having you on i'll see you soon when i want am back in um austin and you have a great day buddy
1: all right you too thanks bud all right talk to you soon you bet
0: bye there you have it guys another episode of Maker diaries in the books if you enjoy and or find value in what we're doing please do leave us a nice review it goes a long way in keeping the show moving in the right direction for you investors if you're looking for places to put your hard-earned capital to work Head on over to our website, g1cgrp.com, and sign up for our investor list to be informed of the different projects we're raising capital for that will provide you with the cash flow your investments so much deserves.